Check the mic and make sure it sounds right, boys. Hello and welcome to the B2B Content Show. I'm Jeremy Scher. The show is brought to you by Conversa, a digital content agency that helps you create a month's worth of content in just 60 minutes. So there's nothing more frustrating for marketers than pouring your heart and soul into a piece of content and then handing it over to sales only to have sales reps ignore it or not use it in, in the way that you intended. I have some firsthand experience with this. I've told this story in the podcast before, but I'll tell it very quickly. Again, when I was uh, working for a medical device company, I was part of a, of a marketing group that spent like months and months and months, eight, nine months on this very complex piece that we were making, which was meant to be like a handbook for physicians. And after what seemed like hundreds of rounds of revision, it was finally done and it went out into the world. And a few months later, I uh, was talking with a sales guy I knew, and I asked him, like, hey, how is that piece we made? How, how is that working for you? And he kind of gave me a blank stare at first. And then he said, oh, yeah, that. Yeah, I, I tried giving it out to the, to the doctors, but they just throw it in the garbage. <laughs> and I was like, well, why? And he, and he said, well, you know, they don't have time to leaf through like a 50-page document. They just look stuff up on the internet. And the minute he said that, I was like, well, of course they do. But it made me feel not great as a marketer after putting so much work and effort into that. It felt kind of dumb. Not It wasn't my call. It wasn't my project. But still, that really, I, I, I always remember that. And so, you know, no marketer wants to find themselves in that situation. So my guest today has a lot of experience dealing with issues like this. He is Nick Luisi, sale, founder of Sales Performance Team which is a leading fractional sales leadership and new business development firm. So Nick, welcome to the show. Jeremy, thank you. Uh, thanks for all you do uh, for the community. Thanks for uh, everything uh, that you, you you guys do for on the marketing side and the content marketing side. So what a great podcast. It's wonderful uh, to be able to participate into it. And hopefully we give some good value for um, for all content marketers out there today. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's it's really great to have you on the show. So, so let's get right into it. Sure. Um, when marketing creates a piece of content and then hands it over to sales, and you know something like what I just described happened, or they just don't even use it at all. Typically, in your experience, what's what's causing that? You know, what are some of the underlying reasons? Is it is it mostly sales doesn't get it, or marketing doesn't get it, or is it kind of both, like somewhere in between? Well. You know, it's probably that neither don't get it. It's that they probably speak two different languages, right? And so there's not this cross section. Both want the end result, right? A salesperson want you know. Listen, I'm I'm tr tried and true. Carried a bag. I uh, started out, you know, in cubicles, making phone calls, cold calls, uh, you know, and worked my way up became a marketer, right? I was a VP of marketing, had my own agency, but went back on the sales side. And so everybody wants the same thing, which is one is to acquire new customers, right? Just to, to provide value to the marketplace. In that exchange, we win business. That's what all parties want. I think the problem is, is that marketers sometimes don't spend enough time getting to the voice of the customer, right? Or the voice of the prospect, which may be different than the voice of the customer. So you can spend all the time in the world talking about customers, but customers always already know you like you and trust you, have been utilizing it, probably are regurgitating back words out of your content already. 
versus prospects, right? So that's a different, uh, that's more hand-to-hand combat, and that's a different type of conversation that has to happen. And you're looking for pain, right? You're looking, you know, pain or pleasure. That's how we move a sale. And so as a salesperson, you know, they're in it really, you know, they they want anything they possibly can to move that sale forward. They want to win the sale. That's what they're incentivized on. I have found that most marketers, not anybody on your audience and not yourself, but sometimes there's a disdain for salespeople, right? Oh, they don't do anything. They don't use what we give them and then, and vice versa, you know, the MQL, SQL battle that goes on in every revenue meeting. So I think it's the, we're listening to the voice of the customer versus as a marketer versus listening to the voice of a prospect, right? And what are the micro scripts that people are using? What are the conversations that are having? How do I spend time? How do I listen, right? How do I do field calls? How do I do, like your salesperson said, you know, hey, listen, they don't, they, they're never going to use this. So bring them in on the front end to say, a doctor's not going to flip through that. Give me a one pager, maybe a two-sided one pager or a trifold or something of that nature. I've got 15 seconds with that office manager in the medical field. I've got 30 seconds with that doctor. I've got to capture them because they've got tough jobs, right? They got to move on to the next patient. So, you know, it's kind of an understanding of what it is. Now, I do believe that it could be done better. And I do believe that people like yourself carrying that flag for very rich content, content that helps move the sale forward or win the sale is extremely important because there's certain things that as marketers, you don't want the salespeople doing. And we could get into that a little bit. You don't want them writing emails, right? You want to be able to provide that. You don't want them creating their own content. You want to be able to provide that because you want to be able to control the narrative and the messaging. That That's right. From the point of view of, of marketing, for sure. And yet I can see it from the point of view of sales too, right? And and that was like when I was at this medical device company, that was a constant thing that sales would create their own content, but it was because they felt they needed to, you know, clearly they weren't getting from marketing what they needed in every instance. And so they're just like, well, I'll just create it myself. And then from the marketers were like, oh, don't do that. You know, it's not on brand. It's not correct and all that. But I guess if I'm trying to be empathetic and put myself in the shoes of a salesperson, I'm like, well, I kind of get it. I mean, they're, like you said, they're incentivized in a different way. They're going to do what they need to do, right? They're going to do what they need to do. And they hopefully, they're wise enough to know, right? And they're wise enough to say, I've got this, if they're from a large corporation or even any size corporation that has a marketing department, I've got this phenomenal resource. How can I go to them? Right. And how can I say, hey, here's what I need. Here is what I'm trying to convey. Here are the obstacles or objections I'm overcoming. Right. Here are doors I'm trying to open. So I need content to open. Right. So there's the, as we talked about, you know, when you were kind enough to introduce my firm, the, you know, new business development content is much different than, let's say, post-discovery nurturing content, which is different than follow-up content because follow-up content may have to go to a bunch of different audiences, right? So I need marketing to be able to speak to the CFO who is different than speaking to the operator 
who's different than speaking to the president, right? Because they all have different needs on their, what they want out of, out of the products and services. And that might be completely different than what has to be spoken to, to the end user, right? So if you go into medical, as we started talking about, we don't have to spend the whole time there, but you know, every, right, there's the VP of nursing where she's got something. She needs different content. The doctors need different content. The CFO needs different content. The office manager needs different content, right? So has the salesperson, I intuitively know that and I know how to speak to all of those audiences and I need to get that to my marketers so they can produce the content that I need for those audiences. So, right. So it kind of comes down to having open channels of communication, right? And 100%. we've done a few, we've done a few other interviews on this podcast about marketing sales alignment. And I think that's the common theme, right? That there's, when, when that doesn't happen, it's usually due to a breakdown in communication, you know, or silos, right? As we say, I mean, would you agree with, like, is, is that, is what, it, is that at the heart of this issue or are there, or is that just part of it? Like, what's your take? So I think it's a portion of it, right? I think it's a portion of it. Two is that there, I don't want to say there isn't an understanding, right? But how many, how many sales leaders have spent time in marketing and vice versa? How many marketing leaders have spent time, you know, carrying a bag, if you will? And, and those that have, and those that do probably break through that wall a lot faster, right? There is the age old issue that everybody deals with, which is, oh, you know, some, Marketing qualified leads, and I deal this with it all the time because we run a lot of new business development uh, for for companies. Leads that marketing, in essence, populate, you know, everybody's opportunity on the sales floors really aren't leads, right? And they just then can't understand that. And a portion of that is not their fault, right? A portion of that is there are students that are doing research studies, right? And so are research projects, and therefore they're 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 subscribing to every piece of content out there, right? Because they're using that for their case study, or they're using that for a project, or there's international people that are what we'll call you know funnel hackers that are going through and grabbing as much content as possible. That's filling up the time and call and outreach for the salesperson, right? And so what percent of all MQLs really become SQL, sales qualified leads versus marketing qualified leads. I just, you know, use an acronym to make it short. So I think there has to be that dialogue of really, really happening. And also the reverse engineering of saying, here are our best avatars, right? Here are our best target markets, ideal customer profiles. Let's go through the, the, here's what, here's a day in their life. Here is their pain points. Here's what they want. Here's what they want out of our products. Here's what the competition is saying, right? So it's just really good marketing communication and, and strategic marketing, you know, outreach has to happen. Um, but you have to do that, you know, and you can't do it in a vacuum, right? And that happens in a vacuum yeah. because, listen, if I'm a marketer, I'm spending as much time as I possibly can with my sales floor because they're having the true conversations and vice versa. If I was a salesperson and I needed really, really, really good content, which every salesperson does, and those that say they don't are idiots, they should be spending time with the marketing department, right? And, you know, bring a bunch of Starbucks coffee and just say, hey, here's what I'm dealing with. Here's what I need. I don't want to be writing follow-up email sequences. Can you get those for me, right? I need a quick one-pager or I need a pitch deck or I need something 
they'll do it. You know, everybody, everybody has the same goals. We want the company to succeed, right? We, we want yeah. the company to be profitable <laughs> and we want the company to grow. Yeah. Does that help or does yeah. that diffuse the matter even more? No, no, I don't think, it, I, I think that does help. And, you know, put that way, it sounds so simple and straightforward, doesn't it? You know, it's, yeah. and, and yet this of course is an ongoing issue that a lot of companies deal with, right? It's so it's like not a complicated thing, but I suppose not so easy to execute and probably just simply a matter of time. Everybody's very busy and doesn't make what you just described a priority as much as they maybe should. So I was, I started out in bigger businesses where I quickly realized that, you know, that's a lot of meetings and a lot of politics and a lot of pushing and back and, and then work my way. You know, I only deal with small businesses now, right? So anywhere from a million to 25 million, 30 million. And usually the founder is there and they're bringing us in, right? So we could get stuff done. But even then I see politics, right? But now amplify that even more in larger organizations, right? And and everybody's got objectives and everybody's, you know, another way to figure out is how are we bonused, right? And how are people incentivized, right? And so maybe it's, you know, marketing gets bonused not on leads coming in, but on content that is shared, right? Or, or something of that nature. And now you radically change compensation models so everything is aligned. But I think that's it too, right? In marketing, now it may not be for your listeners, but I remember every year you'd sit down and you'd negotiate out your budget, right? And, you know, we were a, a couple million dollars of a marketing spend and that didn't include media buys, right? But you knew it, you know, you had to use that, you had to use that money or else you didn't get that same dollar amount the next year, right? Or you had to get projects going, as soon as possible, because then if the company stopped hitting their numbers or you had to renegotiate, um, marketing is an easy cut, right? Market, yeah. The marketing department is an easy place for people to say, can we shave $50,000 or can we shave $100,000? And it's, you know, it's easier than taking a headcount out. So I understand that. Yeah. And so sometimes you get projects going just to keep the money or earmark the money, right? Just so you say, well, we already started it. We're building out this book, right? Might as well finish it. So there is that. Some of it is, you know, I, I remember I had a board, you know, of directors. You know, they were savvy enough to know that a lot of, I was in the medical field also when I came up and it was for a localized healthcare organization, but we had a bunch of different divisions. A lot of the billboards that we would run were expensive, but it was one CEO talking to another CEO, right? So you got hubris going on, right? And, and well, XYZ company just created this big 50, 25 page uh, brochure or booklet. Well, we're going to create 50, right? You know, page uh, booklet so that we show that we're better and it, neither one is needed, right? But both get done. And so there's egos, there's, there's fiefdoms, there's fiefdoms, you know, there's okay. politics and organizations. And I'm not saying that all organizations have those, but some do. And sometimes that gets in the way, right? If you just bear down to the buckle of the sales reps that are on the phone or that are in the, in, in the field offices and the marketing coordinators that are just trying to get stuff done, it probably has to happen there, right? And then it starts mm. building its way up, in my opinion. But that's easy. I mean, I got some age, I got some gray hair. I've been through some battles, right? So I could see it sure. that way. But, you know, 
it, you know, it happens in, in, in I, I was, you know, my last, my last organization was $60 million PE owned, right? I was a VP mm-hmm. of sales. There was a director of marketing. Her definitions and my definitions are, are the same. Her creation of content and my needs for content completely different, right? So until mm-hmm. actually a, somebody from the sales department wanted to get into marketing and moved in, right? Then the content got better. Very interesting. And well, listened when I said that and, and they turned off my camera for fear that they were fearful that I was going to, I don't, I had a little <laughs> blip. And so I apologize right. to the audience on that. So. No, yeah, no, they're, they're listening and watching, right. Always whoever they are. Yeah. Well, you know, I remember af- after this, what I described the, the this incident when I, you know, I was working as a copywriter, I kind of brought it up to my team and I was like, the next time we started working on a project, I remember I kind of raised my hand and I was like, would it make sense to bring in somebody from sales or get some input before we kind of dive into this whole thing? And the response was something like, yeah, sure, but we just don't have time for that. Right. You know, and, and, and vice versa. And I was like, well, yeah. And I think what they meant is it's, oh, it's just going to be such a pain in the ass to coordinate that, you know, right. with sales, they're busy, we're busy. We just need to do this, get it done. Like, you know, heads down, just do what we're told. And I was like, okay, you know, it's not, <laughs> it's not my call, but it just, it just kind of, I don't know. I thought it was weird. Like, why would, why wouldn't we want to get at least some input so we don't keep making the same mistake? You know, it's interesting. There's a Wall Street Journal that was making the rounds on LinkedIn. And I want to say last month, right? And it may only have been a couple of weeks ago. And it was the misalignment between, let's call it chief marketing officers and CEOs, right? Mm. And so how they were just misaligned, right? And and that might be part of the problem, right? So, you know, the, the you know, it it's, how could that possibly be? How could be the, how could the person that's in charge of taking the strategic vision of the organization and then articulating that to different publics, to different markets, to different users, right? If you will, how could they mis- be that misaligned? And is it because marketers get too much in the nuance and the weeds or because of just what you said? Yeah, it probably would be better if we did bring somebody from sales in or people from sales in, right? Because there's the new business development side of the business and there's the account executive side of the business. And then there's probably the um, retention side of the business, right? And so, but we don't. And, and and shame on all of us, right? And shame on sales for not pounding their fists and saying, we need to be at the table and let's work together, right? And, you know, has the card-carrying salesperson on this podcast today only, you know, I would say that we own that too. And we have to do better as salespeople and say, you know, listen, you know, your life is just going to be better. And, you know, you need good content. I, you and I, when we first started talking about the podcast, you know, I'm a firm believer that you need content, right? Content can educate, content can soften the beachhead. So many people do so much research prior to having that conversation with the salesperson in today's day and age, that really, really good content that makes the sale that much easier is, is, is crucial, right? And if you look at some industries like the information marketing business, you know, the online marketers, they do a much better job with their content, right? But they also probably 
started out selling the product first so they know what needs to happen, right? The greatest copywriters that you ever work with historically have come from sales, right? Maybe, mm. you know, they knock down <clears throat> doors or, you know, the really good direct response copywriters, you know, they live and die by products getting sold. So they know how do I get to motivate the customer? How do I get to motivate the target market, the audience, the, the avatar, whatever you want to call it, right? And so look at that. Look at that. I was just thinking about this the other day. You do have a lot of young marketers, right? Young being, you know, and, and their methodologies are different than our methodologies and their medias are different than our medias. And there's this, you know, TikTok is certainly very, very, very popular, right? So we're producing a lot of media for TikTok. I was on LinkedIn, I believe I saw this. Maybe I'm spending too much time on LinkedIn, but this was a different day. So it was a different uh, thing. But, you know, there was a, what we'll call a kooky video that was produced for a law firm. And it was litigation law, right? So it was, and it was, you know, two young, you know, reps, and then they went to the senior partner. But I'm like, well, I would never hire, you know, that law firm, you know, after seeing that, right? If I'm want a litigator, I want somebody that's buttoned down, you know, that type of thing. And so it goes back to what you're saying is content that's meant for that audience that maybe is moving makeup writer or clothes is not the content that we need that is the 50 year old ceo that's going to be deciding who the litigators are or who the contract law firm is that we're hiring this day so know your audience and realize that what moves the younger generation does not move the older generation right so different media sources different content sources definitely will never you know, will never be the same. And, you know, there's a generational divide. And I just was talking to somebody about this. Mm. Of, you know, young salespeople do not gravitate to the phone. Right. They will not pick up the phone. They have to, though, because that's the only thing in today's day and age that is working. And inboxes are fuller and fuller and fuller. Nobody's going to get an SMS text message and look at it from a business perspective. So you have to utilize the phone, right? And now you could follow it up with content after, and you could follow up with really good emails and, and pitch decks and that type of thing. But you have to start. So generational divide. And I think that could be a portion of our content uh, issue, right? It's not just the content and the messaging, but it's the source of the content and the media of the content. Yeah. Well, lots of food, food for thought, lots to yeah. think about. Um, so we could go and, and we could continue on this conversation, no doubt. I feel like we're kind of just scratching the surface. But for now, that'll be part two. So for now, yeah. let me just ask you, Nick, what's the best way for people to connect with you? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, they could go to salesperformanceteam.com. Uh, is the easiest way to get a hold of me. Hit me up on LinkedIn, which is Nicholas Luisi. And, you know, we got some bonuses for your listeners. If anybody wants that, we have a, there's a book that we've written really, which is the how to manage sales teams that might help some folks or also a checklist, but you know, a hundred point checklist that the great uh, sales and marketing departments use. So there's mm. probably a lot of good questions about content in there. So they get, they, it's a gift. They just go online to get that salesperformanceteam.com. Excellent. Well, we'll put a link to that in the show notes. 
Perfect. And uh, well, Nick, thank you so much for your time. Uh, really great discussion. Great topic. Great insights. Jeremy, thank you. Thank you for having me on. And thank you for all that you're doing to kind of further this conversation and make it better. Okay. Well, I hope you have a happy Thanksgiving. You too. That'll do it for this episode of the B2B Content Show. You can find the podcast anywhere you get podcasts. And as long as you're there, you might as well give us five stars and leave a comment about how much you love the show. The podcast is brought to you by Conversa. We are a digital content agency that helps you create a month's worth of really kick-ass content in just 60 minutes. Just 60 minutes. How is that possible? Well, check out our website to find out. That's Conversa with two N's, C-O-N-N-Versa.com. So thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate your support, and we'll see you next time.